Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, grass action lawsuit. Daniel brings the case against his fiancée, Bernadette. They cannot decide what type of yard they'll have in their future home. Daniel would like a large green lawn. Bernadette thinks that's too suburban and boring. She prefers a yard full of gardens and flower beds with some paths built in. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. This ad hoc tribunal of the National Academy is now in session. President of the Academy resigning on my right, Dr. Maximus, Commissioner for Animal Affairs. On my left, Dr. Zayas, Minister of Science and Chief Defender of the Faith, appearing for the state bailiff, Jesse Thorne. Oh, bailiff, you had instructions to clean off the litigants. The rags they are wearing give off a stench that is offensive to the dignity of this tribunal. Clean them off and swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God, or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that his own lawn is composed exclusively of the original playing surface of the Houston Astrodome? Absolutely. I do. Very well. Judge Hodgman? Daniel and Bernadette, you may be seated. Uh, for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, can either of you name the piece of culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom, even though I said residing instead of presiding? I still think you can get a guess in. Uh, Bernadette, you have been brought here against your will by Daniel. Uh, so you get to guess first or make Daniel guess first. Which shall it be? Um, I will guess. Oh, hey, Bernadette, let me just say right now before you even oh. guess. Okay. I think it's awesome that you're guessing first. Everyone always passes. <laughs> yes. It's the coward's way. And already, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not keeping score, but you're winning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Woo. All right. My guess is the Spanish Inquisition. Okay. That is a guess. We'll put that into the, into the <laughs> guess books. <laughs> I certainly didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, what is your guess? Oh, since I sincerely have no idea, um, I'm going to say an, an old episode of Perry Mason. Old episode of Perry Mason. Risky. Goes into the guest book. <laughs> all right, let's look at the big board and see where we are. Bah, all guesses are wrong. Bernadette, quick question. Yes. What role did Dr. Zayas play in the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> it, was a, it was a minor role. I would yeah. say. <laughs> it was Torquemada's right-hand man. <laughs> right-hand ape. I read through the Dr. Zayas part pretty quickly because I didn't want you guys to guess the origin. But now that I have said it more slowly, and maybe you can't. Can either of you guess the movie that this is from? Now that I've given you the hint? No. Planet of the Apes? Planet of the Apes. Daniel, you are... Either older or nerdier than your wife or both. <laughs> both. Are you married? <laughs> Engaged. 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 Okay, got it. Yeah. And how old are you, Daniel? I'm 30. You're 30. Yeah, you're, you're probably the last generation who might recognize Dr. Zayas. I think mean, that is information that is passing out of pop culture lore, I'm afraid. Yeah. You are going to be a, a savage wandering in the wilderness like Charlton Heston in The Planet of the Apes, <laughs> the original movie. Yeah. To be fair, Judge Hodgman, as a millennial myself who's never seen any of the Planet of the Apes movies except for that <laughs> terrible Tim Burton one, uh -huh. 
Uh, I will say that uh, the inclusion of frequent allusions to Planet of the Apes in The Simpsons, which I presumably have to chalk up to Dana Gould, but- 100%. Yeah. Uh, That's enough to keep it in in my mind enough to have recognized the name Dr. Zayas. Yeah. Dr. Zayas- is uh he's the he's the doctor orangutan he's the scientist orangutan who represents the establishment chimpanzees want to give humans their rights dr zay is like nope they're genetically inferior to us i'm gonna mm. cut his tongue out dr zayas <laughs> played by maurice evans who was also hutch in the movie rosemary's baby which uh which is my favorite halloween timey movie now that we're a couple weeks past Halloween in the timeline of this podcast. Bernadette, you never saw Planet of the Apes? No. Did see Rosemary's Baby, though. Okay, good, right? Yep, really good. Did you like, did you like Dr. Zayas in it? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, now, you guys have a dispute over your, what you're going to do with your lawn. So why, you ask, am I quoting from Planet of the Apes? Indeed. Thank you. Thank you for that prompt. (laughs) (laughs) Good improv. (laughs) Yes, and, well, here's the answer. Yes, and we work at a TCBY. (laughs) If you had had said, oh, that's from Planet of the Apes, dum-dum, then I would have said, yes, but can you name the character? And then you would say, oh, it's the president of the academy or the president of the assembly. And I would say, yes, that's true, but who played him? And then you would go, oh, I don't know, you win. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, I do win. <laughs> it was played by James Whitmore, a very famous American character, actor, who played Brooks, the tragic librarian, prison librarian in Shawshank oh, Redemption, yeah. among many, many other characters. He also, um, he, he, he also was in an Apple ad that never aired, and I got to meet him, and he was the sweetest guy. And I only learned just in the, today that he was a member of Skull and Bones at Yale. So if, if he were here and I said Skull and Bones, he would have to leave the podcast. But as it happens, he's dead, so that's not going to happen. Yeah. And he also, uh, for many years, when you were but children, how old are you, Bernadette? 27. 27, yeah. Mm-hmm. You probably don't even remember that, he, that this actor, James Whitmore, was in a long-running series of commercials for miracle Grow plant and lawn food. That's how I got there. All right. <laughs> but it was mainly just an, a, a Dana Gouldian opportunity to talk some Planet of the Apes again. So there you go. <laughs> I don't think Dana Gould really needs an opportunity to talk about Planet of the no, Apes. No, I, I, was, I was manufacturing a Dana Gouldian opportunity for myself. <laughs> James Whitmore was also photographed on the set of Planet of the Apes reading a biography of Mark Twain while he was in full ape makeup. And it's one of my favorite photographs. And it led to one of my most favorite moments in my life at San Francisco Sketch Fest, I would say four years ago, when Dana, Dana Gould came to my show, had full plan, Dr. Zayas makeup put on, and wore a white suit and performed as Dr. Zayas as though Dr. Zayas were doing a one-man show as Mark Twain. And <laughs> it's online, everyone, and I encourage you to look at it. I'll, I'll, I'll try to have that link for you by the end of the show. That's a tease. But now let's get to your debate. Daniel and Bernadette, you are engaged. You cohabitate somewhere in the world. Where do you live? 
We live in Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines, Iowa. Fantastic. And where is Des Moines in relationship to Iowa City? Uh, it's west. It's about, well, about an almost a two-hour drive east from, from here to get to Iowa City. Okay, gotcha. And, uh, and what goes on in Des Moines, Iowa? What do you do there, Daniel? Um, well, I am the uh, network assistant director at a uh, nonprofit here in, in, the, in basically downtown Des Moines. Okay, that was pretty vague. Bernadette, <laughs> what do you have going on there in Des Moines? Uh, I work for, uh, I also work for a nonprofit uh, working with uh, homeless adults. Well, thank you for being specific and thank you for doing what I presume is good work. When you say you work with homeless adults, you're not, you're not rounding them up to be made into food cakes like Soylent Green or something. No, no. <laughs> All right. Hopefully finding them housing. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I don't think I've been to Des Moines. I've been to Iowa City and I like Iowa a lot. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and uh, is there a rivalry between Des Moines and Iowa City? There's a rivalry, rivalry between Ames and Iowa City where Iowa State University and the University right. of Iowa are. Yeah, no, I know that. No. But, yeah. but, but no, no not, Des Moines is neutral. Des Moines has no enemies. That's its motto. Absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, uh, having just checked it out, uh, the flag of the city of Des Moines is Kabonkers. Yes, we love bridges. Is that what it is? It's a bunch of bridges yes. on your flag. It's a, yep, it's a bunch of bridges. That's fantastic. It's it's almost it's a it's very modern looking and almost as uh, seizure inducing as the flag of Maryland. <laughs> All right, enough flag talk. Let's talk about lawns. Holy cow! This really is an incredible flag. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get Roman Mars on the line here. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we talking about grass when we could be talking with Roman about this flag? Children, if you're driving and listening to this podcast, pull over and look up the flag. It's worth crashing for. <laughs> <laughs> so, Daniel and Bernadette, Daniel, you bring the case against Bernadette. You have a home in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out what to do with your lawn. Is that right? State your case. Well, we are. So, yeah, we've lived together for a little over two years now. Um, and when we got engaged in, in June of last year, we were about to move to a new house that we were renting. And mm -hmm. so we've been seriously house shopping for a little over a year now as far as like what we're looking at for our future. Um, so not the house that we're in now, but um, when we were house shopping, we quickly discovered that we agreed on the vast majority of the structure itself, like how many rooms, how many bathrooms, et cetera, et cetera. You definitely want a roof. Th that's ideal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eh, you're going to want sidewalls as well, unless you want to go gazebo. <laughs> yeah, that's the classy touch. Though. I call a gazebo a ventilated yurt. <laughs> All right, so you agreed on everything. You had no fights over the fact you wanted walls and, and roofs yes. and... Yeah bedrooms and bathrooms but then correct mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. trouble in des moines yeah what did you learn we got to thinking about the outdoor portion of where we would be moving and discovered that we completely disagree on sort of our ideal scenario for what the the outdoor setting would be the yard or that you know whether there's gardens flower beds gazebos um mm -hmm. anything like that we basically disagreed with each other on and how much yard do you have out front well, we're, we're renting a house right now with a very small yard. Um, so what we're talking about is looking forward, like, you know, maybe a year from now when we buy a house, what we're looking at. Right. 
Okay. And your vision is what? Yes. I like wider open, a, a larger, I mean, not a massive yard, but a larger green trimmed precision grass yard. <laughs> and front, you know, front yard or backyard or both? Uh, well, both ideally. Uh-huh. A nice green carpet is what you're looking for. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. You like mowing lawns? I love it. You you don't have a lawnmower right now because you're renting. You don't have to take care of anything. No, we Just, we actually do take care of all the yard work around the the rental house we have now. Oh, not bad. So you got a what, what kind of mower? You got a push mower or a ride a ride along? No, it's a push mower, a, a really right. old automatic push mower that is more falling apart every time I use it. What do you mean by automatic? It does it for you? No, no, it doesn't even have the. You got a Roomba? You got a lawn Roomba? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> does it have a motor? Yeah, it's a it's a gas mower. It's just it's oh, right. old. I mean, I'm guessing probably twenty at least years old because it came with the property, and I had oh, just okay. uh, gotten rid of my old one. I'm thinking about buying a mower. Do you have any recommendations? <laughs> Not right now. I haven't had enough time <laughs> to do research yet. Okay, you let me know. I will. And Bernadette, when I said a big green carpet, I heard you kind of go, "Yeah, like yeah." You don't like mm-hmm. that idea? No. What do you I don't. What do you want? Japanese rock garden. Ooh, I hadn't considered that. But what I want is flowers and vegetable garden and kind of, I guess, an organized chaos. Maybe, (laughs) you know, a little reclaimed wildflower area in the backyard would be nice. Now, this is all hypothetical. There's no, you don't have a a property in mind at the moment. No, but I had tried to do some of the, what I wanted to do in our house now because our landlords are (laughs) Uh very accommodating and let me do that. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and and, I th- and so yeah. what did you what did you get away with before Daniel got upset? Well, <laughs> I planted some tomatoes and okra that grew to be the uh, like to our roof basically, and mm. he didn't enjoy that so much. I I love planting things and then taking care of them. I'm not super good at, so I feel like that kind of offends Daniel's idea of a very green <laughs> carpet, and I like the overgrown bush sort of thing. So you like to grow okra and then just let it take over? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Well, and then to, and cut the and use it, you know, too. Sure, sure. Yeah. What so so paint a word picture for me now of of the stalemate that you have reached in your yard situation, Daniel. Are you happy with where it is now or does this portend ill future for landscaping for you? Well, I mean, as far as decisions we've made about the future, we, I think we've not agreed on much. The, the yard we currently have, um, we had enough trouble with growing in it, period, because it hadn't been used in so long that it, you know, we've still got a lot of open space there. Um, but as far as what we've agreed upon for, like, the, the house we're going to buy coming up, um, we've thus far agreed on next to nothing <laughs> as far as what it's going to look like. I guess what I'm saying is, what are you afraid of if Bernadette gets her way, what are you afraid is going to happen? I think it's going to look more like what you would imagine a witch's house in a movie looking like, where you can barely ah! see the house. <laughs> and why do you fear that this will happen? What what has happened so far that suggests this will happen again and worse? In the well, future? to be fair to him, that one time those two kids came over and they ended up in the oven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a bad day. But... The nice uh, use of the passive voice there, Jesse. They were put in the <laughs> oven somehow. I don't know. Mystery. 
There are a lot of questions about it. We'll probably never know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> she keeps replacing the fence with candy canes. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you afraid it's going to look like a witch house? Uh, well, there's, I, I guess there's no precedent I have to say that that is going to happen thus far other than what her and what I What are you talking discussed. about? She handed you okra <laughs> on a plate, literally and figuratively. Okay, the, the okra thing, like I was in favor of planting the okra and the tomatoes in these corners of the house that she had them in. Uh-huh. But they literally, they did grow to be the size of the roof and the okra itself were like baseball bats. So we, we used a lot of it, but some of it just got so overgrown that it was unmanageable. And when I cut it down, I even got whacked in the head by one of them. Did and you ever open up one of those giant okras and discover a little miniature version of you in there that is getting ready to take over your identity? <laughs> no. <laughs> How do you respond to the witch house accusation, Bernadette? See, I feel like this is part of the conflict because I would have zero problem with people thinking that our house was the witch house on the block. I would be thrilled with that. I like that aesthetic. You want it to look like... A crazy person living in a junkyard? Well, maybe not a junkyard, but I like the witch thing. If, if I can interject one thing here quick. <laughs> we, yeah. When we still lived separately, we used to walk to get coffee in the morning, and there was a house that she said actually looked like a witch's house in a movie, and she loved the idea that that came up for sale. Yes. So there is a precedent now that I think about it for her <laughs> wanting a witch house. Okay. Paint a word picture for me, Bernadette. Of what you of your perfect, your perfect garden. So, kind of like in the movie Big Fish, which I never saw. Okay, then that's not going to be a very effective word picture. You mean the moderately um, popular movie Big Fish <laughs> from fifteen years ago? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, anyways, so my ideal garden would be. It would be loose, I think, would be a a good way to describe it. It would be organic in its formation. I would like the idea of, like, scattering seeds and, like, trying to make the earth just do what it wants. Like, I want to help the earth do what it wants to do in my front yard and backyard, side yard also. You would scatter. I don't know a lot about gardening, but I don't think how it's done is you just scatter a bunch of seeds and see what happens. That's kind of how I have gardened in the past. Uh-huh. A what, bit. What's your gardening experience? Well, not, I mean, not super a lot of gardening experience. Um, I do better when I start with plants. I've been very successful with roses. I do think roses. that plants have something to do with gardening. That's probably true. <laughs> when I start with seeds, I guess, is where I run into some issues. Well, apparently you're just scattering oh, them willy-nilly. <laughs> Well, when you of. say you're scattering seeds, do you just mean that you're blowing on dandelions? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that has happened. But I have also purchased seeds and then spread them around, like flower seeds, zinnias I'm very fond of, sunflowers, a wildflower mix that I tried, that kind of thing. But you're talking about a willy-nilly garden. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. It's not that you want it to have a a lush and nigh-wild affect. It's like you just want it to be wild. I like the lush part. You want baseball bat okras. <laughs> that did that turned out a little bit to be an accident. Bernadette, are you interested in tending this garden, or is part of your idea 
that by making it wild, it will tend itself. I like the idea that it would tend itself. <laughs> that wasn't the question. The question wasn't, do you like the idea that it would tend itself? <laughs> of course, we yes. all like the idea of a garden that tends itself. I like the idea of a dinner that makes itself. <laughs> I do like gardening, but I would say I don't get out there to take care of it probably as much as like a regimented garden would require. Not as much as the plants would like you to. <laughs> probably. Or Daniel. The plants and Daniel are unhappy with how I garden. <laughs> But are we talking about a garden that will be primarily uh, a flower garden, a decorative garden, or a vegetable garden, or a combination of all of those? Primarily a flower garden. Mm -hmm. uh, with vegetable garden, I've learned, I know that that has to be a little more regimented, a little more planned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. to keep that a little bit smaller, learned that from my baseball bat-sized okra. And Daniel, are there other areas in your lives where this aesthetic difference makes itself known? Like, for example, you know, like in the living room, you would like to have a neat and tidy carpet, and she would rather throw a thousand throw pillows into the middle of the room. I'll tell you this. My two children under the age of six both really like the idea of a living room that cleans itself. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like I'm beating up on you a little bit, here, Bernadette, I'm not. I just mean, I'm just trying to see if, like, is your aesthetic a little bit more, in, in terms of home decoration, a little bit more additive? Like, uh, books are decoration, and we'll put a pile of books here and some extra vases and some anthropology doodads over here. Whereas this guy is just like, no, I want a clean, empty room. with uh, And we all sit on the floor, and we have shaved heads. <laughs> a more THX 1138 vibe. It's a deep cut. A moderately popular movie from 40 years ago. <laughs> I wouldn't say popular. Important, maybe. Do you guys ever see THX 1138? I have no. never seen it. I have never seen it. its sequel, American Graffiti. <laughs> it was George Lucas's first movie, and it's a dystopian film about a totalitarian society where Robert Duvall lives and wears a jumpsuit and his shaved head, and they all live underground. And it's one of those movies that's like, you kind of see a, a couple of photo stills from the movie and a caption saying, this is George Lucas's first movie. It's kind of important. And you've basically seen the movie and you don't have to see it after that. Mm. And so I never did until I was on the very <laughs> first Jonathan Colton cruise all by myself in a cabin in the middle of an impossible sideways hotel floating on a terrifying abyss. And I turned on the the cruise ship television to their in, you know, they don't have it. They're not getting TV from anywhere else. Somewhere on the cruise ship, they put a DVD of THX 1138 on <laughs> to, a movie about a completely totalitarian self-contained environment on a cruise ship. Mm. It could not have been more perfect. <laughs> I've never had a better movie going experience except for watching F for fake at the Chateau Marmont on VHS. But that I was, a, that was an aside <laughs> because I don't know anything about gardens and I find lawns boring. So here's what I'm asking. Do you have an aesthetic difference uh, that goes deeper than just the, than just the few uh, feet of cubic earth you have in front of your house? Daniel, yes or no? Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, for the most part, the indoors, we agree on just about everything. And we're both, uh, you know, again, to use the term, fairly precision about cleanliness and, and organization. 
okay. for the most part. So make an active argument then, Daniel, for for your vision of what the lawn should be. Not just, I don't want my house to look like crazy people live here, like it's Grey Gardens or something. <laughs> make an active argument for why you want a lawn, what you will gain out of it, how it will make you feel, why your wife-to-be shouldn't torture you with giant <laughs> vines and creepers. Well, I think... When, when you're talking about the outdoor aesthetic of a house, I think the more, uh, again, the more green, the more precision the yard is, I think the more uh, inviting or communal it looks. I think it has more functionality, um, especially for like when we're talking about having children and having room for them to, to play sports, since I am a, a, a sports fanatic and played all the sports growing up. <laughs> all right. I find him Bernadette's favor. Thank you very much. That's the sound of a good I, I knew I shouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> But you raise a good point. A, a lawn is is a practical play space for kids. And are you? Do you think you're going to have kids, Bernadette, or just 100 cats? <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a possibility for children. Yeah. But I don't think that it's fair that children all have to play sports. <laughs> what sports does Daniel like? Soccer, football, baseball, basketball. I don't know. You put out. soccer well, at the top of that list? He loves soccer. That was a sport I played through college and everything. So. Oh, okay. All right. I, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll take it back. I'm sorry. Sorry I made fun <laughs> of your sport. Uh, so you're already looking forward to uh, having children and using your beautiful, big old green carpet lawn as a drilling field. <laughs> To More like a recreational field. <laughs> yeah, as a parade grounds for you to instill in them through rigorous training your worldview yes. about soccer. Yes, absolutely. Gotcha. You know it's terrible for lawns? <laughs> Sports. Soccer. <laughs> yeah, soccer. As my parents can attest when I was growing up. But I, I also significantly destroyed my mom's flower beds when I was growing up playing soccer and basketball too. So, Is that a threat? <laughs> it's it's a subtle threat. If Bernadette plants some tulips, you're gonna get your cleats all in them. <laughs> the kids' cleats. Mm -hmm. When do you think you're gonna have kids, Daniel? You're not married yet. Well, we've we've talked. I mean, we're we're basically looking at finding a house and getting married right around possibly the same time next year. Mm -hmm. um, but so we've been talking about anywhere from about two to four years. We would we would seriously consider having our first child. So why not let your wife have a couple of years of witch house before she has to settle down and and become a mom to sports zombies that you're going to raise? <laughs> well, because I, I think once it gets started, unless we were to move again, I think once the witch house gets started, there's no going backward on it. I think she would probably fall in love with it, and we would already have the reputation in the neighborhood as the witch house. Bernadette. Yes. Daniel also raises another issue, which is curb appeal. Mm. You you watch HGTV, watch the Property Brothers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm you know what I'm talking about. No one wants to buy a yeah. witch house. No, that's okay. This, I don't want to move out of the witch house. <laughs> this is going to be your house for the rest of your life. Absolutely. I wish I could see this movie Big Fish and understand <laughs> what your vision of a garden is. Overgrown. I think. Overgrown. And why do you like that? 
Well, because I don't like yard, like I like gardening. I like tending plants, but I don't like cutting lawns. I don't like spending a lot of time doing, like, I don't know. It seems like an awful lot of time to spend doing something that stays the same all the time, that you want to stay the same all the time. Are you concerned that a lawn, a a big, old-fashioned American suburban lawn is going to mark your home and your life with a kind of suburban banality that doesn't reflect you? Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Yeah, I think I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that your husband-to-be, Daniel, is pining for a kind of suburban, down-the-middle dadhood that he, he either had in his youth or wants for some other reason? Yes. <laughs> that was the soft, sighing yes of a crux being found. <laughs> Did it ever occur to either of you that you could get a house that has a backyard and a front yard? You live in Iowa. <laughs> Yeah, but also in Des Moines itself, the yards, like the part of Des Moines we live in is not actually, there's not that much yard space at any of these houses. So our backyard right now is, it's, you know, small to medium size, but our front yard is very, very small. So, What neighborhood do you live in? South of Grand? Do you live no, in South of no. Grand? Do you, live in, <laughs> do you live in 4th Street, the 4th Street neighborhood? No, we live in the Drake area. Drake University okay. area. I don't know. I have no idea. Those are the two neighborhoods that were mentioned on the Des Moines Wikipedia page. Ah. Oh. Fancy. Are you guys going to take part in Des Moines Beer Week or the Blue Ribbon Bacon Fest? Des Moines Renaissance Fair, Festa Italiana, Festival of Trees and Lights, World Food and Music Festival, <laughs> I'll Make Me a World Iowa, Oktoberfest, Wine Fest, Imagine Eve. We've done some of those. We've done some of those, yeah. yeah. The We've got a lot of festivals and events. Yeah. Every sure. weekend, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, is there an area of Des Moines where you could have a front yard and a backyard? The further you get toward the suburbs, toward the further west in Des Moines you get, the more the, the yards become larger and, and greener. And do you have a uh, problem with moving out that far? I do. <laughs> a little bit. I like to be um, close to my job because I like to get up as late as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And so, and I also like to bike to work, and it, the farther out you go, the harder it is to commute to where it is that I work. Okay. And what about you, Daniel? Do you have a problem moving into one of those larger suburban yardy areas? Uh, no, that's, I prefer that, actually. I mean, not, not that I don't like living in sort of the center of Des Moines right now, but, I mean, I envision when we do buy a house soon that it is going to be further west, if not West Des Moines itself, or, you know, a, a nearby tiny suburb called Windsor Heights, which is, it's actually close to where her parents live. And there is oh. a plenty of yard space there. Oh, Bernadette. <laughs> you know who I've not ever dated before? Who? Your fiance. I've never met him before. <laughs> I've not been dating him. I don't know him at all. Seems like a nice guy. I've not been a part of this relationship, but even I know what it means to move. What's the name of that neighborhood again where your parents live? Windsor Heights. Windsor Heights. (laughs) Uh, Doesn't he hear what he's saying? (laughs) 
Doesn't he hear the youth that he's trying to steal from you? <laughs> what does Windsor Heights mean to you, Bernadette? If you were to move to Windsor Heights, what would that mean? Oh, I'd become my parents. Yeah. But that's also her home. I mean, she, yeah. she grew up in Windsor Heights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you from, <laughs> Daniel? I, I, I grew up in Ames, basically at Iowa State University. You had big lawns there? Uh, yeah, we, until I moved out of my parents' house when I was 17, we pretty much always had a nice-sized yard. Yeah. All right, I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I'm going to go uh, crawl into the hole that I dug out under the berm in my front yard <laughs> where my secret hideout is. Uh, I'll come, I'll make my verdict, and I'll be back in a moment to tell you what it is. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Bernadette, how are you feeling about your chances? I'm a little, oh, I don't know. I'm cautious, but I'm confident. You know, when I read this case description, my presumption was that you wanted to put in a garden, Mm -hmm. uh, not just let everything uh, go wild (laughs) and die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do, I want a garden, but I like, I want it to be wild and crazy in the way that I want it to be wild and crazy. And you want someone else to take care of it. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) Daniel, how are you feeling about your chances? I I feel pretty good. I feel like I might have uh, understated on. some of my points, but um, <laughs> no. Overall, I feel like uh, I'm gonna at least come away with some kind of win here. Do you know how lucky you are to even be having this conversation? I live in California, oh, Daniel. <laughs> I live in California. If you put in more than three square feet of grass, you're essentially a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. I don't know. There's this guy, he listens to the show, I think. He works down the hall from us named Dwayne. We hired Dwayne to fix up our yard. He did a nice job, and he did it with stuff that you don't really have to take care of except for maybe once a month or so. Maybe there's an alternative, you two. (laughs) Just a yard full of cacti. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, succulents. It's not succulents. It's just (laughs) native-y stuff. I don't know how plants work. See? That's why I hired Dwayne. Native grasses. Yeah, we just scattered the seeds and then let it die. We'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about all of this when we come back in just a second. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. 
And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. You may be seated. Yeah, Jesse, I was listening from my secret hideout in my berm. Uh, I actually did not probe the drought situation in Iowa. This is, of course, in California, in Los Angeles especially, uh, and throughout California, actually, I should say. The drought is a very serious issue, and, and lawns are very controversial. Is that a thing that's happening in Iowa, you guys? I'm not going to change my mind, but I'm curious. We Okay, we do get, at times, obviously, in central Iowa, huge amounts of rain. Um, throughout the spring and summer. And actually part of my point was that the yard is much better for water management and water conservation than a, a yard full of, um, you know, willy nilly plants. How so? It's better for a runoff. It's better for, it doesn't pool up against the house or anything like that. So it's better for the interior as well. Um, it uh, takes less water to keep everything alive. Mm-hmm. Maybe I did change my mind. How about that? <laughs> Native plants. Will... They're native for a reason. This is sentencing now. This is verdict and sentencing. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry that I invited you guys to be a part of my monologue. <laughs> but you're both wonderful. Uh, I will say this. I saw when I was in L.A., Jesse, uh, with David Reese, host of the great Election Profit Makers podcast, we walked by a lot of alternative lawns in Atwater Village. Uh, lawns that were not grass, lawns that were rock or succulents or uh, just paved over. But the one that I loved the most was it had to have been 200 tall Roadrunner cartoon style cactuses (laughs) just obliterating any view of the house. I mean, talk about a witch house. This was a Southwestern uh, witch house. 
It was like the cactuses were bursting at the seams of the fence. It was fantastic looking. Mm-hmm. And I highly, I mean, I don't know whether you can support this kind of thing in, in Des Moines, but I, I recommend, I recommend it. It was a good look. You guys are uh, engaging on uh, a new path in your lives. Uh, you're going to engage on a path together. Whether you know it or not, you're going to have to share that path. You will no longer get to do whatever you want in your own lives. You're going to have to share your bed, and bathroom, and toothpaste, and lawn, and foyer, and all this annoying negotiation that's going to go on because people decide that they have to live together. <laughs> and so far, the negotiation has gone pretty well, it sounds like, but you guys have hit upon this landscaping issue that I really think represents two different styles of emerging adulthood. And both, of course, are fueled by the toxic impulse that is nostalgia. Because Bernadette, you want to hang on to your youth before you become your mom. You have an idea of a wild, organic, bohemian garden um, that if you had your own place in your own life, it would be all your choice and you um, perhaps are feeling some anxiety about having to cede some decisions to this other human in your life. You want to hang on to that before you, you don't want to go back to, what is it called? Windsor Heights? Yep. Yeah. I can't, it's so (laughs) banal. I can't even remember it. No offense, Windsor Heights. I'm sure you're a wonderful community. And Daniel, meanwhile, wants to go, he also wants to go back. He wants to go back to his own childhood, to his own suburban upbringing, and he wants to have the kind of house and, and be the kind of dad that I, I'm guessing that was a, an important part of his growing up. And he's not even a dad yet. His, his nostalgia is rushing forward to middle age as quickly as possible. <laughs> and, you know, either approach is, is fine, especially since you live in Iowa. I mean, you know, those of us here... Uh, who live in hyper-dense cities, one of which, in Jesse's case, has a drought issue. Like, you know, we don't, we're not allowed to let landscaping be an expression of our inner anxieties and uh, ambivalence (laughs) about growing older. It's not even an option for us. But you have a whole range and whole realm of expression outside your homes in space that we can't even dream of, even in Des Moines, I betcha. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's all built up in Des Moines. The obvious solution, I mean, it's the obvious solution, is you got to get yourself a house that does both. Just like that meme on the internet. Get yourself a man or a woman who does both. <laughs> you got to be young and old at the same time. You got to indulge your middle-aged fantasies while hanging on to your youth. You've got to um, grow together. Um, while also growing a garden that reflects both of you. And that means Daniel's got to have some green carpet space, and Bernadette, you got to have some wild space. <laughs> All you need is a front yard and a backyard. You just pull a mullet. Business in the front, party in the back, <laughs> curb appeal maintained. Everyone gets what they want. But to do that, your husband-to-be is going to kidnap you and take you back to your wretched hometown 
<laughs> and turn you perversely into your mother. Mm. <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's what's going to happen. You can't have everything, either of you. Can't have it all. Have to compromise. If you want to still live in the cool neighborhood where you're living now, is that is it cool there around Drake University? It's around the university, right? It's got to be kind of cool. Sure, yeah. You like where you live? I do. Yeah, Bernadette, right. Yeah. But it doesn't, get, doesn't get a lot of lawn, does it? Doesn't get a lot of no. yards. No. no. You want to live there? Then you get to live in Coolsville, uh, but you got to let Daniel turn your lawn into a middle-aged man's crew cut. <laughs> And, key, and, and build a terrarium. <sighs> you want a big old crazy weirdo yard? Then you've got to find a house that's got a, a front yard and a backyard or a front yard and a side yard or whatever. And then you guys flip for it as to who gets which. Although you'll sell your house better if you, if you have a, a manicured lawn out front, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily have to be Windsor Heights. But that would be the sacrifice because, you know, and, and it... This sounds unfair to you, Bernadette, because I'm with you, right? I don't want to live in Windsor Heights. You heard me. No. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And the fact is, under this arrangement, Daniel is getting what he wants either way. Either you, you live in Coolsville, and he gets to manicure the front yard, or you live in, in Squaresville, and you both get what you want yard-wise. He gets, it, he gets what he wants either way. Yep. Uh, it's kind of gross, i got to tell you. I guess I'm ruling in his favor. It's kind of <laughs> gross how I'm presuming white men get whatever they want. <laughs> but the, I think that that is the trade-off, that if you want to, you, you will be getting what you want, which is you're living in the neighborhood that you want to live to. Because what he wants that he will not be getting, he wants to move back and become his mom and dad as quickly as possible. And you're gonna you're gonna hold his feet to the cool fire. Mm-hmm. So Bernadette, since I think that this is essentially a ruling in his favor, right? Yes. I'm gonna throw you this option. You get to choose where you guys live. All right. You hear what I'm saying? I'll take it. All right. But he gets to tend his garden. All right. Be- because you know that's he'll need to walk around with his mower and his beer. And think about how his wife controls his life. <laughs> Just like a real 1950s dad that he wants to be. <laughs> but you'll show him you'll have a, such a crazy flower box. You're going to have a time of your life. Absolutely. I will. <laughs> I do find in Daniel's favor with the caveat that Bernadette gets to choose the neighborhood in which they live. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Bernadette, what do you choose? I don't know. The pressure's so on. Many choose options. now. Choose now. I, I have so many options to choose from. I don't know. Choose, choose, okay, choose, 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 choose. East side. Yeah. Daniel, how do you feel? I feel good right up until she said east side. <laughs> that was never part of the negotiation. <laughs> Whoa, what's east side? Sorry, it's, it's me the, again. over by the fairgrounds. The, the Iowa State Fairgrounds is the east side of Des Moines, and it's, uh, it's got character. not my favorite. 
<gasps> I love this compromise. <laughs> a compromise, you know it's a good compromise when the marriage is unhappy. No, what? That's not sure that's how you say it. <laughs> well, thanks to both of you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, you don't even have any grass, do you? You're lucky to have a place to put a barbecue. Do you want to know something? The, we have a little outdoor space here in New York City. And there was, there was once a patch of lawn on it, about the size of a large quilt. And the person behind left an old manual mower. And I would mow that lawn. And I loved it. And then my wife said, I want to make this into a jungle. And she did. It's a beautiful, lush, wild jungle. But I do miss my patch of lawn. And maybe I should have recused myself. But too late. Justice is done. <laughs> the die has been cast. That's right. I just forced them to live in East Des Moines. <laughs> Who knows what that means? I want to remind Judge John Hodgman listeners that a bunch of Max Fun shows are coming to Chicago, Illinois uh, for the Chicago Podcast Festival, not least of which is my own show, Bullseye with Jesse Thorne, which will be, uh, I'll, I'll be interviewing Andre Royo from The Wire and uh, Empire. Uh, played Bubbles on The Wire. He's Bubbles. Charmer. Oh. And uh, one of my favorite stand-up comics, Dwayne Kennedy, will be there, among others, including uh, MaximumFun.org's own Lady to Lady podcast, who will be opening for us. So go to MaximumFun.org. You can find all the information on that there. And uh, MaxFunCon is coming up. Uh, at least ticket sales are coming up. Uh, we're going to do MaxFunCon West and East in 2017, and tickets go on sale the day after Thanksgiving. I will also be moving around the country uh, on the 10th of November, which may or may not be tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this. I'll be appearing in conversation with Seth Mnookin at MIT. That's the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Oh, that's one of the best technology institutes. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really up there. Uh, I'll let you know after I take a look around, see how it uh, matches up to the Fashion Institute of Technology. <laughs> 
So the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City is, is it's called Let's get that. into this. <laughs> and I just think it's one of the most um, assertively weird and beautiful things that they're like, we're, we're the Fashion Institute of Technology. I love it. There's also a Fashion Institute of Technology here in Los Angeles. And I will say this, uh, something that they have that I bet MIT does not have is a super dope thrift store. I bet you that's absolutely true. FIT has a boss thrift store. After I'm in MIT, I then fly directly to Seattle, Washington on November 11th to perform Vacation Land, uh, my well-received uh, one-person talking and comedy show, which I will then perform once more, and I think perhaps the last time this year, on November 17th in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, in the Lehigh Valley. So if you're anywhere near those places and you want to come see me, I hope you will. It's better when you're there. All tickets and details are available at johnhodgman.com slash tour, T-O-U-R. Our thanks this week to Jennifer Small, who named this week's episode. If you want to name a future episode, well, it's fun and easy. Just follow us on social media, like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook, and follow John and I on Twitter, at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. Uh, Our thanks also to John Pemble in Iowa at Iowa Public Radio, who engineered the show there, and to our pal Lindsay Pavlis right here at MaximumFun.org, filling in for the uh, honeymooning Jennifer Marmer, our producer on the program. Thanks also to Christian Duenas for lending a hand. And thanks to Stacey Molsky, who for some reason has been sitting behind Lindsay this entire time. Not sure why. Creepy. Yeah, so there's that. If you've got a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Uh, think about your life. What are the problems? How could you sort them out on a podcast? Well, if you even got half an idea... Go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO and type it into the form there. We'll make it happen for you. All your dreams will come true. Everything will be fixed. Your life will be better. You'll have a lawn and a jungle. Yeah. Maybe you want a stranger to tell you where in Des Moines to live. And then you have to do what he says. A stranger who's never been to Des Moines specifically. All of your problems will be solved if only you write in to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. No case too small. Uh, some to medium, but we still read them all. And by we, I mean I. So uh, I like hearing from you. So right. Yeah. Let's make it happen, folks. Uh, we love you for listening. Thank you so much. Um, thanks to everybody who tells their friends about the show. That means a lot to us. Uh, and we will talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. That is all. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.